Welcome to Empowered Living with Evangelist Robin Sherrod. Grace and peace and welcome to Empowered Living with Evangelist Robin Sherrod. As always, we are so glad that you have decided to join us today because here at Empowered Living, we add value to your life as we point you to Jesus Christ. You know, here at Empowered Living, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about your destiny. It's about your calling. It's about your positioning and your posture in life and what God has specifically just for you. He has a, a, a blueprint. He has a plan, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. Over in the book of Psalms, it talks about who we are, who, who we are as a created being, and, and, the, and the things that God has laid out for those who will follow on his path. And so our mandate here at Empowered Living is to focus on the benefits and not the barriers of life. There are many things that can come to can be that can be a barrier in our lives, many things that try to block us from moving forward, many things that will try to come to hinder our walk, many things that have tried to come Come to become a stumbling block in our life, but we're not focusing on those barriers. What we're going to do is break down the barriers. What we're doing is breaking down the walls. What we're doing is stepping over and stepping through and kicking through if we have to those barriers so that you can enlarge your territory, the territory that God wants you to conquer, the territory that God wants you to walk through. And as you walk through that, he wants you to embrace what is on the other side of it. And my heart is rejoicing for the mere fact that God's plan will be manifested in your life, regardless of where you may be in your life at this point. God's plan, I decree and declare it over your life, that God's plan will be revealed in and through your life. And so today we're going to continue on. We've spoken about and we've talked about the subject. It's more so of a series entitled Seize the Moment. And in the time that we're living in right now, sometimes people talk about seizing the day, but honestly, we really just have a moment. We have this moment, we have the next moment, and it's important for us not to wait for a day to come along to seize it, but to seize the moments and thank God for the day. I want to be able to seize the moment of life and thank God that he has allowed me to see the end of that day or to see another day. So that's what seize the moment is about. We, we, took a, the, we lifted up the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And her story is told, uh, we took the text from Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 uh, through 22. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. But her story is also told over in the book of Mark uh, chapter 5 and also is told over in the book of Luke as well. And it's interesting how um, you see as you read through the depiction of this woman's story, and I'm gonna, just going to scroll up a little bit because I want to give you exactly where these stories are embedded. Um, in the word of the Lord. So Mark uh, chapter 5 verses 25 through 34 talks about this woman's story. And then over in Luke chapter 8 verses 
43 through 48, the story is also told. And it's interesting to me how we can all be in the same room and we can all see the same thing, but we all take away something different. So from each one of these um, episodes that you're going to view, whether you view them on YouTube or through the Now Network or listen to them through our podcast, that you're going to glean something different from each one of these because you are, you're going to be looking at it and listening to it from a different experience level. So for seizing the moment, uh, we're talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And so there's some things here that we wanted to lift out of that. You know, the first um, lesson that we talked about, we focus in on those pivotal moments and we define what a pivotal moment uh, was or is in our life. And a pivotal moment is a very important moment. It is a critical moment in our life. It's described as something that's a precise point in time. And these moments can be big or these moments can be little moments, but these are moments of clarity that provide a new perspective and an opportunity to change one's life. That's what a pivotal moment is. And when you are looking at your own life, as we examine the woman, this woman that had this issue of blood, uh, she, this was an intimate issue that this woman had. It was an issue that she didn't want anyone to know about. Have you ever had those kind of issues where you don't want anyone to know about it? because it's such an intimate issue. Well, this is what this woman was dealing with. She was dealing with an issue that affected her socially. She couldn't go out with her girlfriend. She couldn't go to the well and draw water. She couldn't go into a, an establishment and have a dinner. You know, she couldn't go out and talk and, 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 and just engage socially because she had this issue. And every place that she went, she was unclean, even to the place where she would have to announce to the people that I'm unclean, that she was coming into. She couldn't, you know, her bed, her bed was considered unclean. She couldn't go to the church. She couldn't go to the synagogue. She couldn't go any place. She was not married. She could not be married because she was considered to be unclean. She didn't have children because she was considered to be unclean because she had an issue. And we were talking about how those issues of life, how we all have issues, whether we're going into an issue or we're dealing with an issue or we're coming out of issue, we all have these issues. And we talked about those issues. And so this woman has this issue and is following her everywhere she goes. Have you ever had that where you have an issue? I know that I have. And it followed me every place that I went. And the Bible talks about how over in the book of Mark, it speaks about this woman. And even in Luke, it talks about how she went to many physicians. And the, and the scripture says that she spent all that she had. And the thing about it is that she didn't get any better. The scripture actually tells us that she got worse. Can you imagine that? Going to people who you thought can help you. People that you thought that should be able to help you. And they took her money. Can you imagine? I wonder if they really knew that they couldn't help her. But they, but they, they took advantage of her. Have you ever been in a situation like that? I know that I have. I was in a vulnerable situation. 
And those that I thought that I could go through, who actually opened up the door for me, who actually told me to go in through the front door. Have you ever had people to, to escort you into the front door? And you think, uh, and there are you are you escorting them into the front door of your life? And you're thinking there are gonna be people that are gonna be ride or die, people that are gonna be there with you for to you know through the thick and the thin, only to find out that they're there to just take from you. And instead of you getting better from being in their presence, you get worse. This is this woman. This is her life. And it wasn't just one day. It wasn't two days and three days and four days. Months went by. Weeks went by. Years went by. And here we are at 12 years and this woman still has this issue. Now, we looked at the word disease. We looked at the word plague as it is related over in the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 29. And it, spoke, it speaks about a plague. Now, initially, of course, when I read this, I thought about the plague that we're in now, talking about a pandemic. But when I looked at it a much deeper in the Greek, it was a little, it was much more than that. It spoke about how it was referring to a disease. And it was a disease that was so oppressive. And it was a disease that was so painful that there was grave suffering that surrounded it. It was like the plague of, a, of someone being scourged. And when someone is being scourged is when, you know, they're being whipped. And as they're being whipped, their skin is being pulled off of their body. You know, the, the example, of course, the one that definitely comes to mind to all of us is Jesus. And how Jesus was scourged. So this woman and the suffering and the pain. So the depth of this woman's issue was not only something that she had to deal with physically, it was also something she dealt with emotionally. She had to deal with her emotions, her soul, and her spirit. And I find it so interesting that God puts this in the Bible. Because, you know, we live in a culture where it's microwave. Everything is quick fix, right? It's say it, name it, claim it, swipe it, over it, lift it. And so we get so accustomed to that type of stimulus, if you will, that when the hard times of life come, because the hard times of life has come, the hard times of life do come. And when those hard times of life come, the first thing that we often want to do is run away from the word of God. But today, God is letting us know that there is comfort in his word. It's our responsibility to read the word and to find within the text from Genesis to Revelations, where is it that God is speaking to me about my situation? So going back to the brokenness, there are some times in our life, there are seasons in our life when we are in these broken places. And the Bible talks about First and foremost, I want to go back and I want to share with you what the Bible says, what the Lord says about the brokenhearted. Isn't it interesting that the Lord addresses the brokenhearted in his word? It is because he's acquainted 
with our infirmities and our sufferings. And he understood and he knew that in this life that we were going to live, that there were going to, be, there were going to come times. It says, blessed are those that are broken. We are able to obtain mercy. We are able to obtain grace. All of these things are in those broken places. So the Bible tells us in Psalms 34 and 18, I want to read that to you. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, it says the Lord is close to the what? The brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. This is the Lord himself. He's close to the brokenhearted. And do you know at times when we are brokenhearted, that is the time in which we really believe and think that the Lord is nowhere to be found. Lord, don't you know that I'm going through what I'm going through? My heart is broken. I've had something major to happen to me. I have pain in my life. I'm oppressed. I'm suffering. This has come upon me. But the Bible says that the Lord himself, he didn't say the prophets. He didn't say the evangelists. He didn't say the teachers. He didn't say the apostles. He didn't say the bishops. He said the Lord himself. And there's nothing wrong with the fivefold or ministry or the, 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 the clergy that God has put into place. Thank God for them. We should be praying for them each and every day. But the Bible tells me and is saying to you that the Lord himself is close to the brokenhearted. So that lets me know that I can be in a room right now. You may be in a room right now where that is no one else in that room and it seems like you are on there by yourself and nobody understands your problems and nobody understands your sufferings. You can't call anybody. And even if you did call anybody, they wouldn't have the answer to your uh, problem. They wouldn't have the answer to your issue. And there is no one that you seem like, it seems that can understand what you're going to going through you can look up you can raise your hands right where you are and know that the lord is close to the brokenhearted and the bible says he rescues those whose spirits are crushed i just love this scripture so much because i think about rescue i think about first responders you know, a first responder, you know what? They they stop whatever they're doing and they come to the rescue. You hear about stories all the time about great men and women first responders. They're off. They're off their shift and they're driving down the road and they see a fire or they see someone in distress. And what do they do? They may not even be in uniform, but what they do, they go and they rescue the person. Why? Because it's in them, because of the gifting of God that he has placed in them to be the first responders. They give it not even a second thought. When they get interviewed, they say, I didn't even think about it. It was just, I just knew I had to respond. So if man can do that through the compassion that is embedded in us by Jesus Christ, then my God, the Lord himself can come in and he can rescue you. 
He can come in. He can go into the cracks. You think about some of these rescues that happen. You're like, that's amazing. How did that happen? Recently, we had when the when the helicopter, when the helicopter was taking a baby, uh, I believe, to a, another medical facility, and something happened with the plane and the pilot on on the helicopter. Excuse me, not the plane, but the pilot had to land, and how the pilot land in the church parking a church area and it didn't damage the building and it didn't kill anyone. You know why? Because the angels of the Lord, first of all, was around that plane, but the pilot, the pilot was the first responder and the pilot allowed the pilot to fly that plane. And so I say to you, allow the pilot to fly your plane, to fly you into a place where he is able to rescue you out of your depression, rescue you out of your despondency, rescue you out of being crushed, rescue you out of those suicidal thoughts that may be coming through your mind right now, to rescue you out of that negativity, to rescue you out of that pit, out of that hole, to rescue you out of that dark place where the enemy doesn't want you to come out of. God wants to rescue and he will rescue you. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, that we are healed. And talks about this woman. We talked about the posture of this woman, how she came to Jesus. Sometimes we think we have to be all together. Sometimes we think we have to have it all together before we come to the Lord. But this woman came from behind Jesus this time. She didn't come to the front of Jesus. She didn't need a front row seat. She didn't need anybody to call her name out. She didn't need Jesus to call the name out um, himself. Sometimes we don't come to Jesus because we think, well, you know what? He is Jesus. So if he's Jesus, he can just call me by name and I'll show up. No, this woman decided she resolved within herself. And that was that pivotal moment. So we talked about what a pivotal moment was. We talked about how in that pivotal moment that um, these are critical points in our lives, moments of clarity, moments of new perspective. So this woman had to take a new perspective. She had to have a pivotal moment. You and I must have pivotal moments in our life. Wherever we are in our brokenness, we come to a point where there's a pivotal moment in the brokenness. A pivotal moment, again, is a moment of clarity. God is such a God of love that he still gives us moments of clarity even in our brokenness. So this woman had a moment of clarity. She had a moment to look at it from a new perspective and she decided, you know what, I'm going to make my way to Jesus. Now this woman took a risk because the Bible says over in the Message Bible, um, if you read it from Matthew chapter 9 verses 20 through 22, in the Message Bible, it says that the uh, Jesus said that this woman took a great risk because she did. She took a great risk. She wasn't supposed to be in that crowd. She wasn't supposed to be around those people. But she found herself in a pivotal moment and she said, I can't stay here anymore. And so I want to talk to you right now. Somebody that's been in the bed for the past week. Someone who hasn't left their house 
Someone who has the curtains drawn and will not let the sun shine in. Someone who's in a state right now where you're looking at some pills right now. You are at a pivotal moment. Resolve within yourself. And God wants you to know that no matter the state that you are in, that you are never too dirty to come to him. You are never too nasty, as they say, to come to him. You're never too unclean because the, this woman was considered to be unclean. That's why I use that verbiage. Because when you read the scripture, go back to Leviticus chapter 15, verses uh, 25 through 27, it talks about an unclean woman. And sometimes we think that we have to clean up before we get to Jesus. Jesus said, I just need you to come as you are. He said that he was, uh, he was close to the brokenhearted, so he already knows how you feel. It says that he has carried our griefs and our sorrows, so he already, he already knows that. So just take all of that to him. He said, cast your care upon me because I care for you. So this woman, that's what she did. And she came in the press. And as she came in the press, she resolved within herself. So she had a pivotal moment, which means that she acknowledged that she was, you know, she had a point that she had to make a decision. And in making this decision, she said that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. And so even in this woman's distress, the one thing that she had, even though she may not have had money, she didn't have a relationship. She didn't, she didn't have friends. She didn't have a social network. This woman did not have community. She didn't have a tribe. She didn't have a village. But the one thing this woman had was a voice. And I want to speak to the voice that you have. You have a voice. And the Bible says with her voice, her money was gone. Her livelihood was gone. Her family was gone. This woman in the natural had lost it all, but she had her voice, her voice, excuse me. And in her voice, she found Jesus. In her voice, she found Jesus. I want to let you know you can find Jesus in your voice. That you don't have to be silent anymore. You don't have to be a silent screamer anymore. She resolved within herself, so she was determined. And the Bible speaks about when we use our voice. And I want you to write this down. Psalms chapter 91, verse 15. It says, when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and I will honor them. So when we use our voice and call on the Lord, the Bible says that when we call on him, Psalms 91 and 15, that he will answer. And Jesus says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, this is Jesus himself. He said, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believe. This woman believed in herself, even though based on her circumstances, the last thing that maybe was still alive was her belief, but her belief was still alive. And she decided to take a paradigm shift. And that's what we talked about in the second portion of this message, we talked about a paradigm shift and what that is. And that's an important change that happens when the usual way of thinking about or doing something is replaced by a new or different way. So a paradigm shift is an important change 
that happens when the usual way of our thinking about or doing something is replaced by something new and different. So again, this woman, she had a paradigm shift. She said, I got to do something different. And in that paradigm shift, that is when her faith came alive. When you and I make a paradigm shift, something comes alive. And what comes alive in us is our faith because our faith is a seed that's on the inside of us. And this woman had a persistent faith. She had faith. And so faith met faith. Her faith met Jesus' faith. And then it changed her fate, her F-A-T-E, forever. So F-A-I-T-H met F-A-I-T-H and changed F-A-T-E forever. You find in the Bible that every time someone is persistent about going to the Lord, someone that is persistent about their pursuit of things, that they are answered. The story about the, the widow, the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. This woman, she went to a man who did not love God, who did not love God's people, who did not care about people, didn't care about anything, but yet he was in a position of authority. He was a judge. But this woman kept coming to him and she was persistent about what her request was. And eventually the, the judge said, look, I'm just going to grant it to you because I just need you to get out of my face because I'm tired of you coming to me, asking me the same thing. So if he's a man who didn't love God, who didn't care about people, and yet he did that for that woman, how much more will Jesus do for you? And when she decided and she went to Jesus, he did something. He called her daughter. Now think about it in the beginning, Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22, this woman was known as a woman. But now when she turned, when Jesus turned and saw her, he said to her daughter, he spoke to this woman, he spoke to the state of this woman as when she was created. That she was created as a daughter, which means she was always in the family. But yet she had an issue. She was always in the family, but she had brokenness. She was always in the family and she was labeled. Oh my goodness, this is just such an awesome word because what it tells us today, what it tells me, what it tells you is that we are still called by God, even in the family, in our brokenness. Even in the family, when we find ourselves in the trenches of life, we are still called the daughter and the son of the most high God. How do I know that? I'll tell you. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, said the Lord Almighty. This woman was not called canceled. She was not called can't get right. She was not called damaged goods, but she was called a daughter. And God put her back into her rightful place. Do you know when you come to God in your brokenness, that he will put you back in your rightful place? He's calling you right now. He wants you to come to him right now in your brokenness. You see, Jesus saw the woman and he addressed the little girl in her by calling her daughter. He even spoke to the little girl in her that had been hurt. He addressed the woman in her by commending her faith, by saying, your faith has made you whole. And then he addressed her future by calling her whole. W-H-O-L-E. You know, she came to Jesus with a hole, H-O-L-E. She had a big hole in her heart and it was brokenness. 
But God, when he filled her with, 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 with healing, not only just from a physical ailment, but the emotional and the psychological ailment that she had, she was now W-H-O-L-E. This woman had a pursuit of Jesus, and I want to leave you with that. You and I must have a pursuit for God. Are you ready to press through the crowd of unbelief and have a pursuit for God? Are you ready to press through the crowd of busyness, through the crowd of people telling you that you can't do it to get to God? I want to share with you today to have a pursuit for God. Have a pursuit for him on every level. In summary, when we seize the moment, we're discerning the pivotal moments in our life. We're deciding to make a paradigm shift and we are determined to be in pursuit of God. In your brokenness, be in pursuit of God and he will find you and he will engulf you and he will make you whole just as he did with this woman. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. If you'd like to stay connected with Robin Sherrod Deliverance Ministries, visit us at robinsherrod.com. We'd love to hear from you on social media and look forward to connecting with you next week.